lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have returned from the holiday. I hope everyone had a fun um, and enjoyable um or at least tolerable Thanksgiving um, last week. Um, and I hope you all enjoyed uh, myself and KC kind of diving into the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan match. I am looking forward to what we have in store for next Thanksgiving on our journey through the weird world of pro wrestling there. But from one holiday to another this week, because as you're listening to this right now, we are in the midst of QWI week. Yes, the QWI 200, the list chronicling the top 200 LGBTQ pro wrestlers for 2021 will begin releasing tomorrow, Friday, December 3rd. Um, Of course, it's going to be released in uh, chunks over the course of a week from December 3rd to December 9th, next Thursday, Um, and we're going to celebrate all the great names, not all of them actually, but the top 200 names um, in all of LGBTQ for wrestling. One of the things that I've really enjoyed about this year's process um, bumping it up from 100 last year to 200 this year, and then actually ranking them this year as opposed to you know listing the alphabetical order list that we did last year um, was the fact that it wasn't hard to get to 200. It really wasn't. It was actually harder to cut down to 200 based off of like how many people that... Uh, are part of the community that are in pro wrestling and have done amazing things this year. Um, From rookies to veterans to well-known names to names that you'll probably hear about coming up in in the next year or two. Um, It's just been a wild experience for me and a very gratifying experience for me. And I cannot wait to share that list with all of you um, over the course of the next seven days. Um, all leading up to the coveted number one spot, the LGBTQ Pro Wrestler of the Year, which we'll, you'll all find out next Thursday. But make sure to, to tune into Outsports.com for the list. Um, and sticking with the QWI, we also have the QWI Awards, which those are fan-voted awards honoring the top uh, the top performers in LGBTQ Pro Wrestling as well as uh, top names in LGBTQ wrestling media as well. Um, of course, the, the voting is still open for one more day. Today is the last day to vote, so if you're listening to the podcast, you can vote while you listen. Um, vote after you listen. Vote before you... I don't know. Vote before you listen. Vote anytime you want, but today is the last day to make sure that your voice is heard in that, uh, in that ballot process. So definitely head over to, to the ballot. The link to it is... Um, pinned to the LGBT in the ring Twitter page at LGBT ring pod. Um, I'll also be posting it on my own Twitter account uh, at WonderboyOTM once again uh, today as we round out the voting process and we will have those awards uh, ready to announce on December 16th 
here on LGBT in the Ring. We'll be announcing the winners, the nominees, and the winners, all that good stuff here on the show um, Thursday, December 16th. So make sure you tune in, keep your eyes to social media, um, and maybe even Outsports.com to find out who takes home the a QWI award this year. I'm very excited to see how everything plays out and to announce the winners here on the show as well. Um, but all that stuff is coming up in, in the next week to two weeks or so. For today, though, our guest this week is Millhouse Malott, the founder, owner, and promoter of Pride Style Pro Wrestling in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, he also works extensively with uh, Versus Pro uh, in production and booking, and also owns and operates Level 1, kind of the the um, development system for Versus Pro there. Um, you know, Pride Style has their debut event coming up on December 10th, and you know, I wanted to talk to Millhouse about that event because it is shaping up to be a, a very stellar card. <laughs> and just kind of talk about the Las Vegas scene because I will say, you know, I talk about this in the show a little bit, but one thing in doing the QWI is that you start to see different regions and different names and different regions and just the growth in different areas of, of the U.S. And, and the U.K. and Australia and just a bunch of different places. And one, one area that I think that saw a lot of growth in 2021 is the Las Vegas pro wrestling scene. So many different promotions running down there with so much amazing talent coming out of it as well. So many talented wrestlers and performers coming out of the Vegas scene right now and showing up in all these other regions and really putting the spotlight on them. And Pride Style is a company that aims to brighten that spotlight even more. Um, so I was really thankful to get the chance to sit down with Millhouse to talk about Pride Style in Las Vegas, as well as his own coming out. He came out on National Coming Out Day this year as pansexual. and So we get into all of that here in the interview. Um, and we'll jump into that in just a second. But I do also, before we get going here, want to note a couple of huge achievements that really touched me um, from, from the past week or so. Uh, congratulations to Ace Perry, new AIW Tag Team Champion. Uh, that was awesome to see there alongside Hammerstone. Really dope and, and awesome for him. And um, Don't Die Miles, once again, you you got me to tears. Um, Don't Die Miles, the new New Wave Pro Champion, winning the title off of uh, the long-reigning champion Solomon Tupu um, at their latest event, November Rain. Um, a, just a, a beautiful capping to what has been an outstanding year of growth and development and, you know, tribulation and uh, emotion for, for Miles. You know, we, we had them on the show back in February, right after they won the New Wave Pro Crossroads Championship. And, you know, that was a, that felt like a cathartic moment. Uh, and yet now looking at what happened at November Rain and, and the celebration after the match and, you know, the outpouring of, of happiness and support and congratulations from everyone in that building, um, that just completely blows the Crossroads title uh, moment out of the water. It was just amazing to see, and, you know, we here at the show congratulate Don't Die Miles um, for, for that huge achievement, and can't wait to see what they do um, at the helm of New Wave Pro 
with big leather in tow. <laughs> um, with that being said, uh, let's jump right into my interview with uh, Pride Style Pro Wrestling's Millhouse Malat. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am stoked to have as my guest this week someone who is making waves in the Las Vegas wrestling scene, the owner of Pride Style, debuting on December 10th with a stacked card headlined by DeShade, defending the Prince X of Pride Championship against MV Young. He's also the head of production and the co-booker at Versus Pro, and <laughs> also the owner of Level Up, uh, or Level One, rather, uh, Level One there uh, in Las Vegas as well. Please welcome Milhouse Malat to the show. How are you doing, Milhouse? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for the amazing introduction. I know it's a lot. It's a, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of work these days. You know what? You got to. You got to if you're going to keep making making the, the kind of movement that you are down there along with so many other people in, in Las Vegas. Because yeah, you know, like, we, we were talking about this off the air before, before we hit record. Las Vegas, and, I, and I've also noticed, noticed this in putting together the QWI for this year, um, Las Vegas has so many names now. And, and they had there's so many different little like promotions that are popping up there, so many different shows and concepts and people. It just feels like 2021 has been the breakout standout year for that entire scene. hundred percent. 2021 for uh, I've been involved heavily with the Vegas wrestling scene since summer this year. When I, uh, I went to Versus, I met with Wes Logan. We had a great discussion and we just headed off. Things started going. Next thing you know, I'm helping him uh, book the company and do some promoting stuff. And, I, you know, I've just seen it this year. I think part of it is the circumstance, the unfortunate truth of the pandemic. Vegas was one of the first places that was allowing events to happen again. People wanted to wrestle. People wanted to see wrestling. And we were just happened to be that. We didn't just happen to be that place. We happened to be that place and have amazing talent, top to bottom, left to right. Every direction you go in Vegas, there is just killers now. No, you're you're not wrong. I mean, you look at all the stuff that that Versus has been doing. You look at you know what FSW has been putting out. You know they're partnering with GCW on that show. Um, you have not to mention like what we have we've seen with S4TB and others popping up with Grab House now. Um, Dark Arts with with Funny Bone and Super Beast. The Sheik, uh, Dark Sheik. I almost mixed up the <laughs> and Dark Sheik. Combined fusion them. dance. It's all right. You there know, you go. So, yeah. Yes, we love Steven Universe in this house. Um, yes, the Dark Sheik running the Fearless show there as well. Like, there's been a lot to take in from Las Vegas um, so far this year, and a lot of your, the talents there have been popping up in other areas as well. Obviously, a lot of the S4TV crew have been all over the place, from Paradigm to the Pacific Northwest to California. You've seen uh, popping up on Impact now with Sandra Moon debuting that was so there. Awesome. I'm so happy for her. It's so awesome. So dope. And then you see like DeShade going out to win that the Princess of Pride Championship at Full Queer. You have um just, Which, a just, lot. just for a second we have to talk about he has had yes. a phenomenal title run. Oh my far. God. Yeah. He has had a banger defense after banger defense uh Las Vegas to California to Arizona everywhere he's gone. Like I love the guy to death but and but this is the moment. He has been amazing this year. He has been putting in so much work and I feel like he is one of Vegas's best kept secrets. Like he is primed to end up in more places than just Vegas this next year. I completely agree with you on that. Like it's honestly surprising to me that he has been kept a secret of the area. I feel like he's somebody who would really 
shine on a lot of these larger shows and not just like the lgbtq shows but just in general and indie wrestling as a whole yeah i feel like he's that's the thing too is like i don't feel by any means that he's pigeonholed into any sort of wrestling i've watched him have amazing comedy matches that just have the crowd rolling having a great time and i've watched him go out there with Sheik and have great hardcore matches and go out there and beat the hell out of each other with guys like chris brady i mean he's that he does all kinds of wrestling and does it all very well i think it's just a matter of time and coming up on uh, december 9th the day before pride style vxs he has an awesome scramble match out in california yes super excited to see him debut with vxs yeah that's awesome i'm so happy for him it really really is i was just watching like go back and, and re-watching his match with uh, uh davi and jaco uh, <sighs> from a little while ago and like like the shade like yes he is outstanding we gotta talk about davian real quick that kid please <laughs> another one who's showing up on pride style that he is, has a lot of untapped talent he, um, he is hands down like one of the most like i can't i can't just i don't want to say valuable because like it's not even a monetary or a sort of thing just the amount of raw talent that he has that he is he is a gold mine every from character work to his drive to the ability he has in wrestling he is uh, about to have his 18th birthday this is uh, someone wow. who is coming into adulthood he is and he is that good right now the day after Pride style one is actually his birthday so like he he right now is one of the people to me that everyone needs to have their eyes on that's wild to me that like one i didn't know that he was under 18 and two like we've seen this year really um a lot of conversation around some of these younger like teenage talents that are so good for their age already like people like billy starks and nick wayne obviously are are the two that i think draw the most um conversation around that topic but it's a and it kind of speaks to like you're you're talking about kind of this insular nature of the las vegas area that Davian has not gotten the same kind of conversation around him in that in that kind of area about like talent to age sort of connection. Yeah, because honestly, Vegas is we have uh, Bodie Young Prodigy. We have Noah Anderson. We have uh, Davian Jacoy. We have Dana Lynn. We have multiple talents who are just about to turn 18, who are who are, you know, young, young talent who are beyond talented who to me does not make sense how good they are for how young they are for the amount that they can grasp of this business so early but it definitely is the the nature of vegas that to me and uh the frustrating part of being here sometimes and i love it to death is just that we get stuck in our own pool we we are in this cycle where it feels like uh the stretch of what is seen in vegas outside of vegas is so little like people are now, like you said, seeing S4 TV or getting out there. Obviously, Dark Sheik is out there. There's a lot of talent who are now reaching out, but it's tough. And sometimes the systems out here keep these guys uh, hidden away from the, from the world. And that's why with level one, one of my big things, the goal of uh, running and booking that was I want it to be about opportunity. Like Davian Jacoy um, is not a title contender yet. He has a, he has a way to go to work up before he is there. However, he is raw talent and level one is all about opportunity. So I wanted to put someone like Davian Jacoy in there with the Prince Sex of Pride champion and see what happens. And, you know, I wanted to put Dana Lynn in there with Shaggy uh, McLovin and look what ends up happening. She rolled him up and got a victory. Like I love seeing these young talent get these opportunities. And uh, shortly the level one shows will be on YouTube because the whole idea is I really want everyone to have matches available so their name can get out there sometimes things happen and things get stuck behind these paywalls and i understand wanting to monetize your content but there's different ways to do it that don't hurt the talent and sometimes i think that when the way things are monetized 
hurts the talent. You can't, you can't see certain talent in Vegas if they only perform at one company that keeps everything behind a paywall. And that's why one of the things I love about versus pro wrestling and I got so heavily involved there was they wanted to put things on YouTube. They wanted to do their shows and then have them on YouTube so people could see them that couldn't come, but also the wrestlers can show people what they're capable of on a place that has cool, good production. No, and, and it's a valuable, valuable thing to have. I understand it's a fine line to walk when it comes to like, you know, monetizing your your content and everything like that but it is vastly important for for fans to be able to have access to discover new people and to learn about new people and to continue to watch them grow um as they start to hopefully branch out and go to other places as well and and you know be excited for whenever they come to town you know so and, I, and that's something that i've like from west logan that i've learned a lot is that uh one of the things he says that when we talk about certain things is, you know, we don't, we don't want people stuck and we don't mean it negatively, but we don't want them stuck here forever. The idea isn't to have the shade be the King of Vegas for the next 10 years. Now, when he comes to Vegas and he's treated like the King of Vegas as he should be awesome, but we need to see shade in Philadelphia. We need to see him out in Orlando. We need to see him in New York. Like we want our talent. We want the talent of Vegas to reach out across this, uh, the scene everywhere and be seen. And I think sometimes that's forgotten because we, we, we worry so much about what's happening in our pocket that we're not thinking about the talent and what happens to them as a whole. And, you know, and this is a cyclical business. We need to push people up and forward. So guys like Davion, have a spot to get into no you're not wrong i mean it's always about kind of like that that um turnstile sort of thing of like building up people having them go out building up new people to have them come back and, and wrestle and keep building names as you keep running i mean that's just how pro wrestling works like nothing ever stays the same so like it's important to have that kind of flexibility to it as well and that's really one thing I've really liked about about versus and about so many of the companies that run in Vegas is that like, you know, to an ex to varying extents, um, obviously you do have people that are you know established stars there that are working with these newer talents. You know, I go back to like some of the stuff from versus this past year. You know, unfortunately, like before you know they unfortunately got injured, um, Sandra Moon going up against Hardy Dermoxie was uh, like. A match that I didn't know I needed until I saw it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, when that match, when I got to confirm that that match was going to happen, I was so excited. And like that, and I'm, and it's so great that you brought that up because we haven't discussed that. And that to me was uh, one of my first things that I was proud of that I did and that I was a part of creating something that happened was that match happening. Everyone uh, was excited about that match. It seemed fresh, it seemed new. And that's so much of what I think sometimes is missing. Uh, is just that fresh, new, exciting feel of something happening and somebody grow and growing. And it's like, uh, we become so inundated to certain types of booking or certain types of shows that we just accept and enjoy things because good wrestling is good wrestling. You're not going to not enjoy it. But like you said, you didn't know you needed that match. But once I, once that match happened, once that match was announced, everyone was like, Oh, that's a cool one. Let's that that's exciting. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely was. <laughs> like yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I want to talk about, about your experience though, like coming into this scene, because obviously you said you joined up with Versus kind of in the summer uh, of this past year. What led you to kind of wanting to, to join Versus? Like what was your, what was your um, interest in pro wrestling um, going into this? And, and did you ever like really think about getting involved in a promotion beforehand? So, uh, so I actually started training a few years ago to wrestle. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, and SoCal Pro in, in SoCal. Um, California. I got hurt, blew my knee out, broke my leg. It was pretty bad. 
Hmm. Uh, took a long time to heal. I had to, and then not only when it in the middle of it healing, I fell in the rain and injured it again. So oh, it was God. just a, a series of misfortunate events. It's continued to occur. Um, then I went through a split with my spouse last year and moved from California to Vegas and uh, really had to find out who I was as an individual again. And after I injured my leg, I really pulled myself away from wrestling, which uh, has been a huge thing my entire life. Like I, I'm on the autistic spectrum and my main like obsession my whole life has been pro wrestling. So when I got hurt and I couldn't watch it anymore, it was very tough for me. Mm. And uh, SoCal Crazy, uh, a wrestler from SoCal, uh, he was like my wrestling dad. He was the one who was training me and really cared and reached out and took care of me. Uh, he randomly reached out to me. When I, I happened to be back in California for a weekend, he had randomly reached out to me and he would encourage me to get reinvolved with wrestling. He knew that I wanted to wrestle and that I wanted to promote and that I should be involved. And I thought it was just a whole strange coincidence. And he he uh, told me to talk to Ricky Mandel, who great guy, amazing worker, who put me on with verses and said, I think you guys would get along good. I showed up there and it was just uh I went not sure what to expect. I didn't know what I wanted to do, if I was going to train again or what the situation was. And the environment when I got there was within a week of, of being there, it was life-changing for me. Seeing the type of group that that was, they were tight knit, the way that they cared about each other, the inclusivity there, because it's, uh, you know, it's a black owned, queer owned business. Like it's, there's so many, the trainers there are so diverse and inclusive, you know, it's, uh, there's so many different types of people there. And that for me, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, I come from California. I'm like, I know liberal stuff, but this was such an interesting pocket and I just clicked with them and, uh, I wanted to be involved. So every time I saw an opportunity to, oh, can we try this maybe for production? What if we can add some logos or some lower thirds? And it just kept building into it. And Wes opened me with open arms and like it's it's literally been life-changing so it's been a whirlwind it was so quick and so crazy I feel like I waited 30 years just to finally feel like I belong somewhere <laughs> that's honestly that's amazing to hear you know like really fun like rediscovering that that love that you had for it through a company that is like basically as diverse and inclusive as versus is I mean I, and I think that's something that people don't necessarily like it's, I don't think it's common knowledge about the versus like um, higher ups is that like that the company and that, now this also may just be my own ignorance here. I didn't know that it was black owned and queer owned. So yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The I don't want to put everyone's business on blast, but yes, the okay. couple that owns it is a black is a, is a black person and a uh, pansexual person. So like, okay. and these are the these are the people who do the most amount of work. Uh, it obviously it's it's west logan and kara like i'll ask them after this if it's cool and if not i'll let you know but like yeah <laughs> they they are the hardest working people and they're so and that's the thing too to me that's crazy is like we don't run around saying hey this is you know we're the super inclusive house but like you show up and it's felt immediately and i was like wow i didn't know an environment like this inside of wrestling existed you know, like I didn't, it's hard to find an environment like that inside of anything in this world, let alone inside of a crazy business like wrestling. And like that to me, it was life changing. It was literally life changing. Like, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but that was the catalyst to me coming out this year, like being like being around them and feeling 100 percent cool, being just who I was. No predetermined like predetermined judgments, no questions, no strange looks. 
as everything about that enabled me to be entirely me. And that was like, like, so when I say life-changing, literally life-changing. I, w- I was going to like ask you about that experience kind of like with coupled with your coming out post, because um, obviously you came out as pansexual on national coming out day just uh, last month, or I guess it's December now. Oh, time flies. I know. Right. <laughs> um, but still like i mean that that obviously can first off congratulations that is a a huge a huge moment for anyone that uh, is part of the community to have and it's awesome to see that that your experience with with versus and pro wrestling as a whole kind of helped inform that previous to coming to versus like was was that part of your identity something that you had like recognized and and kind of like for not excuse the pun but like wrestled with a bit you know um previous to that so like growing up, I, I've always been very just, I, I was uh, attracted to who I was attracted to. Now that traditionally was like women growing up or females that whatever, that was what it was growing up. And then uh, part of it was I was in a hetero presenting relationship for eight years. Mm-hmm. So in that relationship, uh, we both eventually, after, after the relationship ended, we both came out as pan actually. And I think we both realized it during the relationship but it was just one of those things that for me it was when I talk about it with people and it wasn't that something that I hid it was just something that to me didn't feel like a conversational topic my sex life is not of importance to you or what we're doing if we're playing Pokemon Go why do you need to know these things you know like (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it was it just was it wasn't that it was something hidden it was more just that I it wasn't really talked about and I felt like anytime I talk with someone about it it was always questions about being in a heteropresenting relationship and then you know the how that affected it so I just never really uh I don't I don't know if I didn't address it as much as it just was like yeah that's a part of me and if someone wants to know I'll, I'll ask them and uh the shade actually is one of my best friends ever in life he I that is that is my brother and uh being around him and seeing how he carries himself as a bisexual man and just the the way that he is and people treat him was very like I was like oh man this is like a very similar energy to how I carry myself and I like that uh it it is it was very inspiring me to really own who I was and say you know yeah I am pansexual uh it it is what it is and if you you know it was just like yeah I've been in hetero presenting relationships and I might be in another one you know it could it could happen but this is part of who I am and I feel like that representation of for everyone in this community is the, the spectrum of sexuality is important to show. And I feel like, so, so being able to own that and say like, Hey, this is who I am. And, and if you don't understand it, then that's okay. And I, and part of that for me was realizing that it's okay for people to not understand me. I don't need to be understood. I know myself. It's a powerful thing to feel, honestly. Oh, hundred percent. Mm. No, I mean, I, I can, I can definitely kind of, um, empathize with you with in terms of like you know the sort of denial that you get from whether it be like the queer community or the or hetero community or any community really whenever it comes to like hetero presenting relationships you know like i i'm pansexual as well like i've been in multiple hetero presenting relationships and it it, it does suck like there's a lot of like buy and, and pan erasure around that stuff like about like not being quote-unquote you know queer enough or something yeah like that. you're not you're not really bi you're not yeah. really like oh i'm i'm sorry that <laughs> I, I i apologize for my i don't know what to say to you when you say these things to me people like <laughs> I, I am who i am and i like so it likes it is it just that's where it goes exactly you and know, that's all that matters 
to me, it's, it's, it's always been about, I don't like to limit anything in my life. You know, I, I don't want to put any labels or, or uh, limitations on myself. If, you know, when some people come into my life and there's a strong connection, I just, I, I like to enjoy that. It's not, a, you know, and if, if that's a, a woman, if that's a man, if that's a non-binary person, whoever this, this person is, that's who they are. And that's the only thing that's important to me is the connection. Yeah. And I feel like that's really uh, where I got frustrated with, like you said, like the bi erasure, the pan erasure of just like, well, you know, you're with a woman, so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess if that's how you want to feel about it, but it certainly made it a little more complicated for me to figure out my identity of, it, you know, and that was honestly, that was also a big catalyst in, in pride style becoming a thing and naming it exactly what it was. I honestly, I was about to ask you about that because like, obviously pride style, the name itself invokes a certain thing. Yes. Um, and the way that it's been marketed is like an all inclusive, you know, off the wall sort of thing. I, it speaks to like that, that level of like um, acceptance and inclusivity and wanting to promote a diverse presentation without necessarily some of the trappings that we see in a lot of other like LGBTQ focused or LGBTQ led events, you know, and that's not like any shade on, on anyone at all. Everybody does their own thing, you know, but I think like pride style, it's the name invokes enough and to see the talent that you've got on the card as well, really speaks to the message of, of the company too. Talk to me a little bit about like where the idea for pride style started really manifesting for you. So uh, when SoCal Crazy reached out to me, he had brought up, he's like, hey, you know, I know you want to promote. He had, and they had it, so it's always been in the back of my head since I was a, a kid with a little notepad, you know, writing down fantasy matches and stuff. Uh, it was, it's just always been something I really wanted to do. And then Pride Style came along and uh, in the way that I just asked Wes randomly one day if I could run a show at Versus, what the details would be. And uh, that conversation was this, I, what I thought was a casual conversation that the next conversation was. So uh, this is the date we got for you. All right. I guess I got a date and a show. Well, we, we're going gonna to need a name and a plan now. You know. <laughs> so um, there was a lot of names thrown around, a lot of ideas thrown around because, uh, I mean, you know, and it's, it's, it is branding at the end of the day. You want it to mean something, but it also needs to stand out in a way. And uh, there was many different uh, incarnations of it and ideas. And I don't know what made me uh, write pride style as one word, but I wrote it as one word and I looked at it and I was like, oh, I like that. And I, and uh, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's negative at all, but I understand what you're saying as far as the, sometimes the, the trappings or what's expected as the, uh, the stereotypical LGBTQ show now, like what, what kind of things you would see or, or promotion or imagery, et cetera. Um, and I, and when I really thought about pride style, I like the name, like you said, it invokes something. I think you get the idea and it can also be, uh, more than just that, but also is, you know, rooted in that. And, uh, in the same way that sexuality is a spectrum is the same way that queer wrestling is a spectrum, you know, like we, there is, uh, you know, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. That is an amazing show with great fucking talent. And if you guys haven't seen it, everyone should check the shows out. These shows are amazing. Uh, you know, there's also MV shows and now there's Pride Style shows. There's different level. you know, there's different areas of this. And to me, uh, the inclusivity of it was huge. I really wanted to focus on having everyone represent. Like uh, I've, I, I've had a small interview with the Las Vegas wrestling scene and I talked with them and I said that representation was super important to me. Mm -hmm. um 
one of the things that inspired me to to do this was talking with Wes and looking at the city and seeing how um, which talent are being booked and then seeing a pattern amongst the type of people who are very talented but not getting opportunities necessarily. And some of them were sexuality and some of them were skin color. And that to me was a harsh, harsh wake up call because I was in the versus bubble. I was so focused on verses that I, I didn't see kind of the things happening outside of just verses. Mm. And I was like, well, damn, we need to change this. We need more shows with, you know, a focus on inclusivity, a focus on, on representation. We, this is important. These people are super talented. They need to have a spotlight just as much as anybody else. And that just started leading into this idea of, of pride and, you know, of something taking pride in it and, and more than just, you know, uh, pride in the queer community's pride but everybody's pride and, and the craft that they do the the upbringing that they have the cultures that they represent and that they hold on to like these are all important things and they weren't getting enough uh papiase is a criminally underrated talent i don't under he to me he is i i could say easily arguably the best hill in vegas right now he is so damn good he is such a bastard like it is <laughs> i absolutely love it you know like yeah and uh he's it's crazy to me that somehow i don't see him on on shows you know and, uh, and it's not and it's not throwing shade at anybody it's just the nature of the beast here he's not on shows in the pnw area he's not out in socal he's you know where's papiasse other than vegas and it was like wow these guys need a platform and we are in a great um, like you know vegas is a destination city and like it's just everything just lined up to to suddenly I came out and then I felt like, man, this was wrestling gave me that. Can I give that back in any way? I think I can. In some way, I can at least make an attempt to create a, a place that is truly safe in pro wrestling. You know, if it's only one night every six weeks that there's a safe place, you know, at least there's that one night where it's a safe place where these people get to be represented and be truly themselves in every way. And it was just very important to me to, to give back to what I got. I got to be my truest self because of wrestling. So I wanted to create a product where people can be their truest selves. You know, if you look at the matches that we have announced, um, I made a point of I'm not promoting intergender matches. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's nothing against the slight of women's wrestling, of intergender wrestling, of any sort of wrestling. It's just Pride Style is a promotion that has professional wrestlers that wrestle matches. That is the way I look at it, and that is the way it's booked. I look for exciting matches and opportunities for people that I think are going to be exciting to the fans, and no, no matter what combination that, that is or is not. And like that to me was a big part of it. No, I mean, I, you look up at look up and down the card, and you definitely see that. And and I think it's important to kind of like look at the the way that pro wrestling kind of labels itself, like not just along like you know gender lines, because obviously like the gender binary informs so many different aspects of pro wrestling and also contributes to a lot of the, the issues that we see in our fighting is pro wrestling mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, um, having more women involved and, and obviously the continued discourse around intergender wrestling, which honestly should have been done like two years ago, years, even before that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but I, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, looking at the prize style card you see so many different communities coming together for this um and it it, it is it is um 
amazing to see, honestly. I really, I really feel like the message that you just laid out plays out in just looking at what you have lined up. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. I know for me personally, a match that I'm looking forward to whenever I, get, whenever I watch the show is Bryn Thorne and Nick Sander. Oh, I mean, that is going to be so good. Talk about two people that have had just outstanding years, honestly. You know, it's just, oh, God. There's honestly, we could talk about every match on this show, and I'm, I feel like there's something that's just going to. We like, totally could. Now, do you, want, do you want, like, uh, this one's going to come out later today? So by the time the show airs, I think everyone's going to know about it. Yeah, this go for one it. I have been so excited about. Uh, I had wanted S4TB to be involved with the show since the inception of the idea. Uh, Sandra Moon, especially, I just think is a star. There is something so special about uh, the the air around her, the aura that she carries, and her ability in the ring. I've, I wanted to be involved uh, in you in booking her extensively somehow. And S4TB as a whole is a great unit. I think that Lazarus might be the most underrated singles wrestler in Vegas. He is phenomenal if you get if anybody gets a chance to check out Lazarus versus Papa Yase versus pro wrestling. One of the match of the year contenders for Vegas, hands down. That match was amazing. Those they went so hard on each other. It was great. But uh, I really wanted to get them involved, and for, they didn't. It didn't look like they were going to be available for Pride Style One. Things happened. Uh, you know, they ended up being available. Well, the card was already booked. You know, it, it's uh, is what it is. So what we're going to go with is it's going to be a fatal four way. Adriel Noctis versus Sandra Moon versus Lazarus versus Jody himself. <laughs> S4TV ah. is going to get down against each other. This is the match everybody's been wanting. I, 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 it's why not take this opportunity? Uh, Pride style is about opportunity and chaos and representation and like all of these things. Like, I, you know, uh, 
Uh, I, I will say, like, I love Paul Heyman's booking style. Late 90s ECW and early two, uh, mid-2000s, like Gabe ROH, big, big fan. And I loved the late, like, the the chaos and the the air of what could happen. And, well, who knows? So it's like, this is the match. Fatal 4-Away, let's see it. You got, you you said, they said to me they wanted to be on that card. They wanted to fight if it was possible. Well, here's your, here's, you want your opportunity. Careful what you ask for sometimes. You guys are now going to fight each other. <laughs> You know, we're going to we're going to settle some family differences December 10th. You know, that's where TV's going to figure some things out. You know what? Like every every family has the, those moments where they just have to, like, fight it out with one another. Like no family does not have differences. You know, you know exactly. So why not give them a place to work it out? Exactly. I think I it'll like, be highly entertaining. <laughs> I feel like that. The, I feel like the, the four way between all of us for TB or like the, finally getting the eight man, the, the eight person tag um, with, with them all in the same ring. I feel like those are the two matches that people have been looking forward to the most whenever they do happen. And I'm so stoked to hear that the four way is happening. Yeah. I, when, you know, I sat there and we, again, we, we were going over the card and I'm just like, you know, I don't really want to shuffle anything. We had a really great card. We had some really amazing matchups. The, the Yase Kita Ashton star triple threat was just, mm. Oh, that is going to be a banger. I am so excited for that. But I was like, you know, what if we just, what if we just do the fatal four way? They want to fight. Like they want to fight. Let's give them a fight. Who better to fight than each other? And I think that it's just going to be an amazing matchup. I'm what hands down one of the matches I'm most excited about getting to present to the Vegas audience and, and really the audience, uh, hopefully around the world, we got some little bit of coverage going on in the UK. So maybe we'll see some Twitch viewers from the, from the European audiences would be kind of nice. There you go. Nice. Let's, let's talk about S4TV real quick, because um, to you as someone who is entrenched in the Vegas scene, um, how important has S4TV been to the not just the Vegas scene in the city, but getting more eyes outside of Vegas onto um, what y'all have going on down there? Well, I think it's just I, it's been a huge impact. I mean, there's guys like Jody and and Sandra and Cass, all of them, and last two, of course, uh, everybody they do such hard work and they really put on for the city. Like they really represent the city, and it was made clear uh in uh, was it september i believe it was september was the first grab house show the yes. first grab house show the support that it got the interest that it like peaked the crowd turn like uh that was also one of the moments where i was like i need to promote a show i need to do something mm. I, I got to be involved with the production of that show and, and to be there live and experience the crowd and it was amazing it was it was definitely an electric atmosphere grab house was so different than any other type of show I'd experienced. And to me, I love seeing the difference. Like versus is a very fun show. You know, it's a very fun show. It's exciting. Uh, but we also run in the afternoons, you know, it's, it's a different audience. We get a lot of families that get very excited and very into the wrestling, but like Grab house had this very different kind of like a uh, punk rock show environment that was just super, super different and super cool. And I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And seeing what they were able to do, like the four of them banding together and working hard on something. And also Christopher Mounts is, as a, you know, sometimes the, the unsung hero of that group, Chris Mounts puts in a lot of work for crap house and for us for TV. And uh, they have produced amazing products out here that have inspired people to do more things and shown uh, as we've talked earlier, sometimes the system out here gets people, uh, into this weird inundated like they uh 
they owe some certain promoters certain things and they are afraid to go outside of that bubble and i've i've been told by talent that they've gotten heat from this promoter for taking other bookings inside of our town you know this is so it's a interesting system that we're working within but s4tb has been a big part of allowing people to see that that maybe the the grasp they thought was on them isn't so strong you know the the ceiling isn't so high you know we can break out of this there there is more that we can do so yeah this the sense for the biz has been a huge uh, impact in the vegas scene as a whole i mean even just uh, the talent that we're getting to see now enter places like versus pro wrestling uh we just it'll be up on youtube before too long because uh sandra moon versus nick xander they just had a absolute banger of a match at the last versus pro wrestling show that was an amazing match and getting to see nick xander wrestle in versus now and make his debut there in such an amazing match uh, was really cool and i'm super happy that that's getting to happen so maybe things are changing but you know uh people like uh like the simps like the are very important to making that change no, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I feel, I, you know, I was surprised whenever we were talking about, you know, Vegas seemed to hear that there was still some of that. Um, I mean, obviously, like we spoke, like the city itself kind of has an insular nature to it a little bit. Um, but to hear that there's even more of a like containment sort of thing going on in the city there, like it, it just feels like pro wrestling has evolved beyond that. I would, I, I, at least many would hope so. Yeah, um, you certainly would think, right? Yeah. But, you know, to see people like, like S4TB, like The Shade, like um, so many other people that y'all have in, in, in verses right now, like realize that, you know, they don't have to limit themselves in this way and to, and to kind of be there as examples for not limiting themselves and realizing their worth. You know, I, I think on all the show, all the different shows that I host, I, there's a common refrain of like, fuck capitalism. And like that sort of thing, like kind of plays into the mindset of this. Definitely. Like you cannot like you, you don't have to compartmentalize yourself. No, you really don't. And like so much of my goal, and that's why I'm uh, so happy to be involved with S4TB and, you know, uh, getting to at least just uh, work together with them in ways in the city. Now, it's like it's really cool because we don't have to do that. We really don't. You know, uh, it's it's so important to show that that we should have grown beyond that but we haven't, and people are going to do that. We, the thing is to me that my goals are all to make the scene better. And that's not, and so I'm not, when I, and I think sometimes people don't hear me when I say that I'm saying the scene. So that means the Las Vegas wrestling scene, hopefully one day the, the, you know, wrestling scene has a greater whole, but like, I'm not saying verses. I'm not saying level one. I'm not saying pride stuff. I'm saying the scene because you know, still sharp and still, the better that everyone is here, the better that everybody becomes here, you know, greatness begets greatness. So I don't want, you know, Davian Jacoy is uh, somebody who's recently come in to start doing shows with us who we've talked about is just phenomenally talented. I want people to have as many opportunities to work and, and hone this craft as possible. I, I don't want to limit them wherever they're coming from. We're not telling anyone, please don't go wrestle there. You know, we're not asking anyone to not take bookings. We're encouraging people to take bookings. You know, there was a, a, a you know, Dark Sheik was booked on uh, my show, Pride Style One. And, uh, some things happened. She got an amazing opportunity with West Coast Pro Wrestling, champion, or WCPW. I always mess this one up. I'm sorry, guys. 
but she has an awesome match where she's teaming with Trisha Dora versus Janae Kai, and I think it's uh, Savoy, so she's who they're tagging against. An absolute banger of a match, like a, a you know possibly a career highlight. You know that is an amazing match. You know uh, Sheik's kicks are underrated. Seeing her in there with Janae Kai is going to be super exciting. You know, like yes. that is so. Uh, she just had a match with Sandra, and she did this amazing question mark kick where she kicked Sandra's hand and then came back up with the back heel kick on Sandra's face. And I, I lost my shit. I was like, holy shit, this is so amazing. But like, I say the better the scene as a whole. I said, I, you know, things didn't work out this time. And but it's an amazing opportunity for her. So please go take this amazing opportunity because that match is good for wrestling. You know, then that's sometimes I think what gets lost uh, in this idea that we have to hold on to certain talent or make certain talent exclusive is like, this is a bigger thing than just us. We are one city in a country of a world of a wrestling scene. And and it's crazy to me that people start thinking they they're stuck in a place or that they have to do certain things. Um, Our doors are always open and there's no, it doesn't come with a, a fine print, you know, it's not a, and you have to do these things. It's, Hey, if you want to come wrestle and, and, you know, work with us, like we would be happy to have you. We would love to give people opportunities that seeing the, the Davian Jacoys, the Dana Lynn's and the, the Bodie young prodigies, uh, the kid bandits and the Ishmael Vons, these people, these, these young new talents that are coming in now that are hungry and want these opportunities and are working with us. It's, I'm so happy to see it. I'm so happy to see that, uh, my goal was to open the door for people and hopefully people would come in and they are, and it's so exciting. And I think it's uh, indicative of the future. Hopefully this will continue to happen. This will continue to grow and hopefully the scene will get more unified or at least work together. You know, it's a frustrating uh, reality when the very first prize style show is having to run against another show in town at the same exact time, you know? Yeah. I, when I, I went out of my way to, to attempt to not have that happen. I, I asked the schedule of many people and I asked many people to reach out to people. So the date that I chose was specifically to not interfere with anyone else's uh, night and or weekend. I even tried to not have a, you know, I didn't want to interfere with anyone's weekend draw. I really tried to work with the city and it's frustrating, uh, but it is the business that it's not the case. I just hope, and I know that the the Pride Style audience is going to be a special audience. So I'm not I'm not worried about it or pressed about it. There's more than enough wrestling fans, and it's it, while it is a frustrating situation, um, I hope everyone gets to go out and enjoy the wrestling they get to enjoy. You know, that, that's really the important thing to me. No, I mean that's that's really all that you can ask of, of of fans at the end of the day. You know, find find what you like and and enjoy it and support it in the way that any way that you can. You know, um, I think that 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 conversation about the support of indie wrestling as a whole has really obviously kind of jumped back to the forefront after you know some of the the, the WWE releases and oh, a lot yeah. of the stuff that's been happening over the past few months with some of the major companies like there's been a renewed focus on on supporting indie, indie wrestling and you know you speak to like having people be able to go and, and work at all these different places and to look at it as a scene as a whole not just within the city but the country and, and the world I mean that also speaks to the way that content is, is delivered now you know you talk about like putting shows on YouTube you know versus runs all their shows on Twitch as well. Like, but you have like in IWTV and title match and high spots, like all these like streaming services, as well as video pub, uh, publishing services that make independent wrestling that I think a lot of people inside of different areas still view as like regional and, and territorial in a way. Mm-hmm. It, it 
brings him to a much wider audience that I think that sometimes gets lost in the, in the shuffle a bit with how people in different areas focus on their like local product myself included you know here in portland like i i hype up like doa a lot i hype up a lot of the washington companies a lot because like they're the the ones that i go to on a more regular basis than anything else but sometimes it gets lost on me too that like i can tell my friends in georgia to just go watch a doa show on iwtv and yeah. and they'll be able to see the same thing and enjoy the same thing that i'm doing it, it's it's an interesting time i would say to to kind of like speak to that ethos and to see the tools that are at hand to make that expansion happen more and more. I definitely think that we are at a paradigm shift in the business right now. Uh, as far as uh, the, the live crowd will never be not important. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's, the energy of the live crowd is always something special. It's always important, but sometimes 25 can feel like 250 depending on who those, those fans are. And we're at an interesting time, like you said, where there's so many different, uh, avenues of delivery for the content now, uh, whether it's IWTV, whether it's fight, whether whatever, whatever you choose, which, you know, for now, Pride Style, we are going to air live on Twitch, no VOD available, but within a week or two, uh, we're going to have an edited version up on YouTube for everyone to be a part of and see. And to me, a big part of that, because when I say all inclusive, that it, I truly are trying to represent that in every way I can, and that includes financial inclusivity. You know, not everyone can afford a ticket to a wrestling show, you know, and, and uh, sometimes I think some people that's hard to grasp, but for people who have been in that position, it's very easy to relate to. So uh, Pride Style, you know, we're going to have donations of it like during the show and uh, everyone that donates will get a special thank you at the end of the YouTube video that we'll upload. So everyone will get to be a cool part of it. But part of it to me was not everyone can afford to, to do that. And I want the wrestling fans to be able to enjoy what this is. So it was very important to me to provide this. Um, if you want, if you can afford a ticket and you're in the area, I would be, you know, ecstatic for you to come down and be a part of it. But if you can't, and you can watch it online and support us in that way, you know, the way to support indie wrestling is a lot through just sharing and supporting. Sometimes it's not so much just about, I ordered the iPay-per-view or whatever it is, you know? So we are at a very interesting time where I think, uh, it's a bit of a gamble on what what direction you decide to take. If you want to be behind a paywall or what you want to do, and right now I want to make Pride Style available to everyone that wants to see it. I want it to be a product that people can see. That's the number one thing that's important to me when it comes to the availability of it, the distribution. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a a wise like idea to have. Honestly, you know, is about like you need to like democratize how people can can take in your stuff. You know, and and to, and to have that kind of openness and that mindset of like you know, having the wide array of availability there, I, th- I think is the right way to go. Honestly, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. people will support you when they can support you. Exactly. You know, like I've been in and I've been in very financial times and I've been in comfortable times. And when it's more comfortable, I'm very quick to try to buy a T-shirt of my friend or whatever it is that I can't afford to do. You know. Yeah. Um. So the what I always say is, people will support you when they can support you. And I'd rather I'd rather build a loyalty to what we're doing and a belief in the in the idea than worry about trying to squeeze blood from a stone. You know, the the stiff blade, which, by the way, stiff blade apparel shouts out 
uh, Stiff Blade. You guys are amazing. Nothing would be just phenomenally helpful in the promotion and the, uh, the, the they created that t-shirt for us, uh, which the dope t-shirt. Oh, it is such a cool shirt. And I didn't want the most traditional wrestling shirt. And that's what he came up with. And it was, I was like, this is perfect. I absolutely love this. Everyone, you know, and we, and it's, uh, we've, it's sold. People have supported it. So that's, and that's the thing to me is, you know, when people want to and can, they will. So I will find opportunities to get support, but if you can just tune in and watch, thank you. Cause a view, you know, a full, a view, a few on YouTube definitely helps, you know, the algorithm, the way these things work nowadays, um, your viewership is a lot more valuable than capitalism will have you believe just your time and what you're watching is a lot more valuable than just, uh, you know, what you think it is so you know people that watch a, a youtube video through and give you a thumbs up and a like or a subscribe like that is a true version of support you are doing you know you're doing the work to help build that brand up those are required things so to me i was like i'm not i'm not pressed about it we'll figure out uh you know uh you build it they will come i'm not pressed about <laughs> trying to suddenly monetize my very first show uh, as pride style i'd rather everyone get to see it yeah no i Definitely understand that part of it. Um, I guess if we start to, to wind down here a little bit, I had uh, two more questions for you. Um, and they're and they're fun ones, honestly. Oh, I love fun so, ones. I know. I like to end with fun ones. So. <laughs> um, looking at the Pride Style card right now, um, who is it, if you can like pull out like one or two people that you think, you know, aren't really known to the Vegas scene that you feel like um, are just ripe for... Um, making a, a statement sort of performance on on this show who would who would who would they be okay so guys that like haven't really got an opportunity in vegas necessarily yeah, yeah. Oh, that's see, that's a tough one because like you know ashton is amazing but he's been to vegas before but i also feel like this could be a real like this specific matchup i from what i've seen and what i'm aware of is the biggest matchup opportunities had in vegas mm. and i think that he uh kita is amazing People know Keita's amazing in this in this region. You know, Papiase is, is the bastard Papiase too. You know, he's people know him as well. But Ashen's coming in. Uh, that's a big match. You know, and and I think that uh, there's a reason he's in that match. And I think sometimes people are may, maybe not thinking about that. You know, or, or overlooking that fact. I think he's gonna have a star making performance. Um, known to the scene, but someone else who I think is really uh, primed to pop is uh, Godspeedy Like Quick. He is mm. dangerously underrated and underutilized out here. I think that he is so talented and so good. And uh, if you've been keeping up on his Instagram, he has this temporal paraplex move that he is attempting to pull out on this show. It is a <laughs> scary, scary move. And so as I tweeted, I said, there's a 50% chance there might be a noble death on this show. If someone ends up taking this temporal time. Flex. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, if it's a noble death, it's a good thing he's in a match with Kid Bandit. So yeah, I mean, who else? The protagonist of pro wrestling. Exactly. He, he has made uh, waves out here. He's been killing it in the vacancy. He's someone that people definitely need to keep an eye on. Like, uh, as far as rookies, he's amazing. You know, but uh, I don't know. The whole card is really stacked. There's just so many good people on it that it's really hard for me to 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 say uh who would who's gonna make us uh, an impact because to be honest with you, i look at it top to bottom like well all of these matches are going to be talked about like i i truly <laughs> believe that looking at them yeah no i know from for me like a lot of the people in that in the scramble um really speak to me i love that anton's coming back um i i i love that i'm gonna get to see milo again yeah milo's um, super talented yeah. crowd loves her 
that's just like you said like this whole card is just outstanding i cannot wait to see what the, what shade and mv do to each other just knowing both of them and just you know, know and knowing how much like piss and vinegar mv has it's, it's dangerous you know I, I the joke has been i go oh. i uh, i booked that match because i was like this is a, this is going to be a fight I'm gonna. This is gonna be good because I, I know the the depths of the well that Shade's toughness is. So I know what he's got to throw back at Envy. And then after I booked it and everything was finalized, this the entire week following was just violent, dangerous Envy young gifts all in my feed. <laughs> I'm like, I did this to my friend. What am I doing? <laughs> but I am positive. Yeah, that, that that's gonna be a, a hell of a brawl. They are going to uh, tear it down. I'm sure. Hmm. No, I'm I'm excited to see it. I'm excited for the show, honestly. Um, I I can't wait to to check it all out personally. Um, but last question for you, and this is just a, a curiosity of my own, because okay. like if you watch versus shows, like the venue that versus runs in is really interesting to me because it's in a mall. Yeah, we got and that WCW Nitro vibe, right? <laughs> it, just seems, it just seems like the most like ingenious thing to me like i don't know it's always it's fascinated me and i've been i've been looking forward to talking to you this week because like i finally get to ask someone involved with versus <laughs> about running in a mall like what is what is that like like i, I don't know what is it like it's it's super interesting because the rest there's also a wrestling school that runs out of that venue so mm. it's uh, anytime at training people are walking by just like what what's going on in here y'all do, <laughs> do choke slams like, and so it's, it's it's always interesting just from a business perspective of being there but during the shows it's a really cool environment uh you know just uh there's so many small things like we have parking structures and a mall's worth of parking that's free people don't have to pay and, and in vegas specifically that's really nice yeah. to not have to pay to park someplace to watch the show on top of that there's a food court there's you know there's the uh the mercado in there like there's all sorts of different things and there's definitely uh, a lot of walkbys that people who may not go to a professional wrestling show but are in the mall on a sunday hearing the ring slam around and are curious what's happening and may end up buying a ticket to sit down and watch. And uh, we've had more than a few of those that become loyal fans that come back. It's a, it's a very cool venue to run. It ha- you know, everything presents its unique challenges, but it's a, it's a very cool venue to run. And uh, every time I, I'm in there, I just feel like I'm living a WCW Nitro. Like, like we're in the mall. Like, how cool is this? The train, the little train with the children is driving by right now. Like, <laughs> I think the most intriguing thing, honestly, to me, is that walk by nature of it, like the ability to like have your shows running and have people that, you know, aren't there for, for pro wrestling necessarily, but walk by and immediately like draw the eye in that way. Like, it just seems like such an organic way to kind of build someone's interest or at least pull someone in initially to to what you're doing there and it's very cool to hear that you that you um have fans that have been kind of drawn into versus and level one by just walking by while they're out doing their shopping or grabbing like the jamba juice or something oh yeah like definitely people people are like yeah i'm gonna go when we have a cafe next to us that uh, awesome people and so sometimes people are waiting for their food and they're hearing body slams and they're like what's going on over here <laughs> it's meander on over and so oh, y'all doing that wwf over here yes we are <laughs> would you like to buy a ticket and enjoy the show or uh, would you like to reserve a seat you know so 
it's very fun to to see how things happen out there because it is a very unique venue and it's it's uh just adds to the to the fun factor of it all of it being in a mall and like you said uh you know there's historic venues but you know the and uh by no means is it a comparison but the the 2300 arena like you can't when you're passing it you're not able to see inside to see what's happening you're not going to walk by and hear it and get that unique opportunity of you know uh, there's definitely like i said there's definitely people that are like oh well i've watched wwf since like 1999 dude what are y'all doing in here and then we're having a great show and they're like okay yeah let's sit down and enjoy this it's just, it's just awesome to see i love the accessibility of it and i love that it is building new fans in, yeah. in, in the way that it is and you know more uh, more power to to everyone down at versus and um pride style is going to be awesome you know everything going on in vegas is, is amazing to see and i am looking forward to actually getting myself down there at some point and checking it all out uh, now oh, that i'm certainly now we need to make closer. that happen oh for sure for sure um well millhouse thank you so much for for coming on the show let everybody know um where they can find you online and uh all the information about uh pride style okay cool uh you can find me at hey millhouse h-e-y-m-i-l-h-o-u-s-c on all of the uh platforms luckily i got that locked up everywhere not too many <laughs> millhouses out there apparently <laughs> and uh you can find pride style pro on everything at pride style pro one word squished together uh, on all the platforms as well. We have our first show, Pride Style 1, December 10th. Oof, only nine days away, probably even less now by the airing of this. Um, super exciting. But yeah, December 10th, 6 p.m. bell time at Versus Pro Studios here in Las Vegas. Uh, Stack Card, MV Young versus uh, DeShade for the Prince X of Pride title. We have a triple threat with uh, Papi Yase, Ashton Star, and Kida. We have an insane six-man scramble or six-person scramble match. Excuse me. We have a crazy fatal four-way with S4TB. I mean, the, the, it's just going to be banger start to end. Lazarus said bangers only, and I said, I hear you, bro. I understand <laughs> the assignment. I got you. So uh, I hope everybody gets the opportunity. We'll be live on Twitch at Versus Pro. I mean, I'm sorry. Be live on Twitch at Pride Style on Pride Style Pro. Uh, we'll be airing it live. There won't be a VOD, but it'll be available on YouTube shortly after the show. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bill House. Thank you so much. I had a blast, man. My thanks once again to Millhouse for taking the time to to chat with me about, you know, his own life experiences, about working with Versus, and about Pride Style Pro Wrestling 1 coming up on December 10th. Um, you know, if you're in the Las Vegas area, definitely go check it out. It's running at there at Versus Pro's uh, spot there at the Boulevard Mall. Uh, if you're not local to Vegas, you definitely check it out on uh, twitch.tv slash pridestyle. Um, that's going to be awesome, and, and I am eagerly looking forward to, to the show myself. That four-way with S4TB is going to be dope. There's no way it can't be. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, once again, it's QWI week, people. Get ready. It's, it's starting tomorrow. The first 30 names are coming out tomorrow, and then we'll have 30 names again each day until December 9th when the top 20 release. Uh, and we might have something special planned for next week's podcast since it is dropping on the same day as the uh, the top 20 for the QWI 200. Um, get your votes in for the QWI awards. Once again, find the, the link to the ballot at, at LGBT Ring Pod on Twitter, at WonderboyOTM on Twitter. 
Um, today is the last day. Get the votes in, and we will announce the winners on December 16th. Um, with all that being said, I am going to say goodbye for this week. <laughs> but we will be, be we'll be back next week to talk QWI 200 and all the the lovely things that we love about pro wrestling, especially queer pro wrestling. It's awesome. But until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated, and get your vo- your booster. If I can actually say the word booster, get your booster. <laughs> Um, if you're able to do so. And go vote in the Glitter Bombs. Bye!